And we're live. Now I'm looking through this list of cars that have CarPlay and thinking I could have made a better choice. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I'm at sorry. You, at least you get to drive home. That's good. <laughs> True. Yes. I think your Corolla is good overall. I mean, I have no idea about cars and I think none of us really care about cars <laughs> except from electric yeah, cars. I'd- but um, mm-hmm. yeah. I heard a Corolla is supposed to be very reliable, relatively safe, and good. That's exactly why I bought it. Yeah, I'm not sure what I care less about, iPad or cars. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using my iPad a lot um, recently, like way more than I expected. It turns out it's great for streaming cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that at the pool, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've done that many times. And even just around the house, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's great to have a device that if it falls into a pool, you don't really care. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, after I took that photo, um, the wind came and knocked it over. So I did put my towel under it <laughs> so that like, if it was to happen again, the screen wouldn't crack. <laughs> I got a bit worried after that. Wait, Wait, did it, it fall? crack the first time? It, no, it didn't crack. It fell onto the... Uh, it, but it did fall over onto the like the bricks around the pool. Um, I thought, oh, if this happens another couple of times, there might be uh, an unexpected, an unwanted scratch <laughs> on the screen or crack. So, um, I yeah. Think, oh. yeah. I think the whole thing would just scatter, uh, shatter. Like, I feel like <laughs> that would be a nightmare for me to watch. Yeah, I think yeah, that no. entire picture that you had already induced so much anxiety in myself i think was the ipad too close to the pool it was it was so many twos it was also right in the walkway so people could just kick it over it's too close to the pool it is you i usually want to have liquids on a different layer right so if they spill over you mean different level different yeah level but this is just the worst. You have the iPad literally in front of an entire body of water. Yeah, so that was disturbing. Then it having being so close. Yeah, but if it fell over, it wasn't going to fall into the pool. It wasn't on the walkway. It was on the edge around the pool. <laughs> how, can it, how can it be simultaneously not close to the water and really far away from the water and not at the in the walkway? You found the exact right balance. I was the only person in the pool, far enough away that it wouldn't fall in. Yeah. Uh, close enough that I could see it. <laughs> um, and way too close yeah. to bricks for okay. my my liking. But yeah, that part I, I did have to as I said, put a towel down for. I'm I'm glad it survived. I'm wondering though. It has survived many of those uh, adventures since. Did you use your phone in the pool? Because how did you take the picture? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an iPhone 7. It's waterproof. Remember, this is the one that I said I've taken in the pool before and, and taken photos underwater and it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, it is a bit older now, so I probably wouldn't want it to get wet. But if that so happened, uh, I'm sure it would be okay. While we're talking about all these like waterproof fancy tech products, I am really impressed at the Apple Watch. Um, so I was at the beach the other day and... Just one being Are you able just to get... bragging about your weather right now? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's not summer holidays. We're not having a great time. No, none of this. Um, and like, you know, like it, it, copped a, it copped a bit of a beating in the water and the, the watch is fine. Um, the waterproof held up and it's really nice to have the cellular to get messages and stuff on, on your wrist. Um, I mean, obviously it's not the first summer that I've had that but last summer the beach i was at uh didn't actually have great uh, mobile reception so i would often have to like wait till i get out of the water and then everything would come in um but this beach had fine cellular reception and so like you know it was like in and out of the waves and i'm getting buzzed and like this is actually kind of handy to to be able to access messages and stuff um 
you know, while so far away from my phone. I don't know. I was impressed. Does your does the crown still turn? Crown is fine. Um, yeah, every, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And I'm, I'm just all around impressed with the water resistance. It's pretty good. I feel like you're just trying to torture me here. What? Yeah, what about all the sand on the beach? <laughs> Didn't that get on the screen? I'm sure the sand got on the screen. Like, did you not get any scratches? No, there's no scratches. There's no okay. scratches. Uh, I did get dunked a few times as well. So, like, I think there might be a little... I'm not sure if uh, on the side button there's a bit of... There's something under it, and I'm not sure if that's a scratch or if there's, like, something under there, but that's all right. Uh, it still works. It still functions fine. Um, nothing is scratched. I went in with the um, the Sport Loop Band, which uh, was suggested to me, I don't know, some discussion I had a few weeks ago, uh, as a good beach band, but I, I have not used it before at the beach. I don't really, th- I don't really agree with that. Um, I kind of regret not using the Sport Band, but someone was telling me stories that they'd heard that... Um, the like the clasp on a the clasp on a sport loop band coming undone at the beach or something. So I was like, oh, maybe I should use the sport loop. But I thought the sport loop actually didn't because um, it's normally very strong. You know, it's got all the the velcro and it, it clicks in place. After like being in the water for like about an hour, I thought that the the um, velcro wasn't as reliable <laughs> as. It is when it's dry. I don't know. I kind of got a bit worried. I thought maybe this is going to, um, maybe this is going to come undone. Then you get worried. Maniacs. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the water for an hour? Uh, that's uh, yeah. Wow, that's really long. I feel like I usually go up in between to warm up a bit. How warm is the water? This is the part you're impressed by or surprised by. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. <laughs> the by water the was water. actually kind of cold, but it was like 38 degrees out, so it didn't matter. Okay. Yeah. And once you're in, it's fine. No, I'm I'm also surprised. I think this this always sounds nice. Like it looks nice in videos when people have waters on the beach or on surfboards. But now I realized when you just told this whole story that there's so many potential things that could go wrong with this. Like I really don't like the fact that there's so much sand around it. Like I barely bring my phone to the to the beach because I don't want it to get sandy. And then you're in water and they're like waves, and that's always gonna like put sand over onto your watch right that feels really really dangerous yeah it's it's fine the watch is fine see these things are durable um i could just as easily be sitting here saying oh i have a broken apple watch now but everything's fine so uh i've also been swimming with it multiple times like just in the backyard pool and it's fine so you know this this watch is holding up well i also tested some more of my apple watch uh and i can confirm it's rainproof that's good see but these Apple Watches, they're very good. Mm. Um, have you actually heard of anyone with a, say, Series 2 or higher having water damage on their Apple Watch? Because I haven't. I, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone ever having water yeah, damage, even think, with the first one. I'm not very worried about the water damage. I'm mostly worried about sand damage yes. or the salt getting between the button uh, or uh, like under the crown, making it harder to turn it. Okay. Yeah, so I had that a little bit on my Series 3, but just usually rinsing it underwater and turning the crown would... would fix that problem once you're you know obviously out of the salty water um yeah mm. but it seems okay i've had i know of people whose iphones have been uh let's say stuffed up by uh pool water or something like that but yeah no i haven't heard of any watches no me neither i mean even from from the very first apple watch i feel like they were definitely underselling their uh water resistance yes yeah it would probably be even be okay to shower with it, but I don't do that with the Apple Watch because it's very expensive. 
Oh, weird how I have a limit, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> I I shower with it all the time because I feel like I have control over it and like I don't know. It's it feels more. I mean, it's just water. It's not having any chlorine in it or any sand true, or any salt true. in it. Like it's just clean water. Maybe a bit of soap. There's still like shampoo and stuff. That's but... fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> People. But yeah, anyway, it's like halfway through the holidays and iPad is fine, watch is fine. None of the tech products have broken, so it's okay. <laughs> so you're just waiting for it to happen? Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. No. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted this about Entree. So what is an Entree for you, Zach? Um, an Entree is the thing you receive before your mains at a restaurant. It's the first course in a three-course meal. Exactly, exactly. It's so weird. I, I should also note that I very seldom eat entrees. I'm not a three-course meal no. kind of person. And that's the thing. Neither do I or either of us. <laughs> so whenever we went to a restaurant here, we're like, this is so weird. Yeah. Why so, do they only give us the entree menu and not the full main menu? <laughs> yeah, so when, I, when we went to restaurants, I was like, the first time we went, it was like, it was lunch hour. And then they had like entree and dessert, I think. Like, that's what we saw. This restaurant didn't have three meals it just had entree and dessert and we're like this is a bit weird i guess because it's lunch hours maybe people only want something light so they only show us like the entree and that's what we're expected to order and then i looked through the menu and then there was like a burger with fries i was like well this sounds like a pretty big meal that should be okay and i got it it was huge it was like a like a main like you would expect a main to be. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a bit weird. And then I didn't think that much more about it. And then I went to another restaurant uh, when my parents were here and we went for, and that was for dinner at like a nicer sit-down restaurant. And they had entree, but this was sort of like a steakhouse. So they had entree, then they had steaks, and then they had dessert or like from the grill and dessert. And that's why I was like, oh, okay. So the only things that they have for the main are the steaks, I guess. So, like, it, it still didn't make sense to me. Ah, okay, yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> so, like, so, like, for me, it was still like, okay, well, since my parents were there, we decided to still order, like, I think we still ordered an entree, and we ordered, um, like, the, the meat as well, because we thought we can share an entree. Um, and, yeah, we just ended up getting so much food. So, basically, uh, apparently, I found out um, a couple of weeks ago that an entree here is actually the main, and the what you call entree in Australia, is a starter. So that was sort of the yep. missing piece of my menu. And now it makes so much more sense because... <laughs> it I doesn't was also, really make sense. It doesn't now make we sense, know. but I was always wondering why my starter or why my entree was so big <laughs> and why there were no mains. Like, <laughs> it was really confusing to me. But in that sense, it makes sense because there are now three meals and they sort of make sense portion-wise. But you know, entree from like entry, so you enter something into your... But yeah, apparently here they, they kind of got it wrong and now they're rolling with it. Yeah, it's weird. This kind of reminds me of like when you're trying to order eggs in an American restaurant or I guess a North American restaurant um, because I can never remember what... Like we call eggs different things. What? What and Americans have like they're over easy and sunny side up and all this stuff, which is really confusing. Um, yeah, I can never really, I can never really remember. What is over easy? Is that a thing, or did you just come up with that? I don't know. It, no, it's like a thing that Americans do. I wouldn't order a over easy. That sounds like something I don't want to have. <laughs> 
I don't know. It doesn't. I don't remember the exact. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find it right now. But um, I don't remember the exact um, phrasing that's used. But yeah, I don't know. I can never remember how to order eggs. I would order my torture o- over easy. I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean over easy? What like over easy sounds like you want it to be over easy. Oh, I thought it sounds like yeah, you want it to be a, be an easy meal. Like you don't want to spend too much time eating it. Should be over quite easily. <laughs> It's a really <laughs> tiny egg. Yeah, or just a really like easily chewed egg. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. Maybe that's scrambled egg. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, here we go. So, so at lifehacker.com.au has an article: a comprehensive guide to ordering eggs in U.S. style diners. So, I'm just going to read the first couple paragraphs just to just to show you where I'm coming from. How would you like your eggs? Isn't a question that should cause you panic. However, it's possible that you may not be exercising all of your options, especially if all you've ever known is scrambled. This is especially true in U.S. diners, which employ a plurithia of regional phrases that aren't used anywhere else in the world. While sunny side up is pretty easy to decipher, what about over medium or coddled or shirred? This guide has all the answers. So do you see where the confusion's coming from? I, I was about to say, all right, let's play a game. You you give us a term and we try to figure out what it is. But I think I like I'm that. very lost I already. <laughs> yeah, there's so many options. I don't know how how many type of eggs you can have, but let's try it. So, so what do you think over easy is? I think that's sort of scramble. It's like, like I said before, it's like you you, you finish it easily because it's like half shoot already. <gasps> okay. Um, I doubt they would name things that way, but that's what I'm going to go with. I I would think it is it is a flip flipped egg. So it's a sunny side up that you flip very briefly. Oh, so it's like a loosely cooked egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's correct. Yay! <laughs> I so, didn't think I would yeah. actually get that. <laughs> Once it's flipped, it's cooked just long enough for the white to form a film over the yolk while still keeping that golden orb as runny as possible. Sweet. That's over easy. Yeah, but like there's a million here. I don't know. This is weird. But anyway, yeah, I I get where you're coming from about the entree thing being weird and having to... I wanted more eggs. I wanted to make one more guess because I feel like I can guess this. This time I should probably have a disclaimer. Um... I, I refused to have a disclaimer yesterday uh, when we recorded the first segment of this podcast, but I'm I'm my voice is a bit weird. I have a cold, so I will probably talk less overall uh, and be less um, aware of what's going on around me while talking. So that will be good. And that's why we're talking about backup solutions and IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't really think you had any input in those topics, Kai. So we figure may as well get them out of the way now. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, speaking of iPods, no. See? <laughs> iPods, yeah, we spoke about that like five <laughs> years ago when they were still being sold. Was it even five years ago? I don't know if they've been still around five years ago. When did they stop making iPod Touches? I have a feeling it was... Can't you still buy iPod Touches? Can you? I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a modern, in air quotes, one. No way. Yeah. Where is Let it? Let me check. In a music tab? Oh, yeah, there's iPod Touch. So you go to music, then iPod Touch. It's an A8 iPod Touch. I have one sitting in a drawer upstairs. Well, hardly ever use what it. What do you use it for? It works. I don't really anymore. It used to be a test device. Whoa, they're so cheap. They're like 200 bucks. Amazing. And you can't do anything with them. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, the reason why I thought that they stopped sell, uh, that they didn't sell them anymore is because I remember Jim Sarkusa used to not have a fo- an iPhone. He used to only use an iPod Touch. And I thought the reason why he moved over to having a phone was because he they start they stopped making the touches. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're not being made. They just I mean, A8 means it's been quite a while since they updated that thing. Um, what are we up to now? It's A12. So last the last update to the iPod Touch was uh, in 2015. Yeah, okay, it's pretty dead. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost 2019. When this episode goes out, it's 2019. All right, what did you actually want to say, Kai? You um, said speaking of iPods, and then you're like, I don't want to talk about iPods, and then you started talking about iPods. So good, good thread. Um, yeah, we were talking before uh, about AirPods and how they're amazing. Um, <laughs> you sound so sarcastic when you're saying that. You mean that we did say that they were amazing? But I, I mine are actually getting super f- flaky lately. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's my particular ears or my particular par- pair of AirPods. But what often happens in the last few months is I take them out of the case, put them into my ear. Nothing happens. I play a podcast through the phone speakers, and then I take take them out of my ears, uh, rub them because, of course, that would help. So I just do this kind of uh, placebo rub on the AirPods, put them back in. Sometimes they then make a plink sound. So and they it didn't works. make the plink sound the first time you put them in? Nope. Sometimes sometimes even the second time around, I take them out again, put them back into my ears, still no plink sound, resume the podcast, now it plays through the AirPods. And it's super flaky at the moment and super unreliable, and I don't know what's going on. Did you connect it to any other device in between? Uh, nope. I only used it with my iPhone. Did you try turning them off and on again? Yep, I tried resetting them. I tried. Can you turn them off literally? It's just reset. That was a joke. No. <laughs> well, not funny. But I apparently, have, Kai managed it. <laughs> I have real problems here. I'm not. I'm not willing to joke about this. Um, no, I. I mean, I re- like. I did the thing where you where you open the case and hold a button for I don't know how long, many seconds, and you do like a reset, and then you. O- close and open a case and repair them to your phone i've been through that like once a week at the moment just to get them to work a little bit more reliable for for a few days but it's pretty um yeah i don't know what happened i don't know what uh changed since they worked flawlessly to to the state they're in now yeah i've had a couple of flaky periods with airpods where you know sort of have similar problems to that and i think time was the only thing that fixed it Potentially software updates as well, because yeah, I, I think the AirPods updates are tied to iOS or something like that. No, but, they're um, independent. You can check your yeah, yeah. You can check your firmware version of the AirPods in okay. in settings general uh, about I think, and then you scroll down and you can if your AirPods are connected, you can see the firmware version. Okay, fair enough. I feel like I have had similar problems, and it felt I think restarting the phone and then reconnecting or then like resyncing. Um, worked out for me have you tried it no i haven't but in general it's just i i I really love the airpods when they work but if they don't work there's not much you can do right what do you mean they just work you just have to restart your phone um unsync them repair them and then turn them on and then it will work maybe uh, it's smooth guy it's flawless but it's the thing right with those kind of products i always struggle because there are no clear like that's what i'm saying right i take them out and i rub them 
Not that I actually think that helps, but it helped once, and now it's a pattern. You're right. I, I think it. I did that no too. I'm like, maybe it didn't detect that it was in my ear, so I gotta rub the sensors to make yeah. sure that they're clean. And or maybe maybe my ear was too cold, or my ear wasn't clean, or I don't know. Like maybe I have water in my ear. And that's that's actually another thing. Sometimes uh, I had it uh, while walking outside when it was colder outside, mm-hmm. like in the I don't know. Um, I think it was around five degrees, and I was walking outside, and then they just turned off randomly. Just walking around, no so- noise that they were running out of battery, um, no 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 indication of why they would turn off all of a sudden. They just turn off. And then I checked the battery without putting them back into the case, and battery was somewhere in the 70% range. So I don't know if they... that I used to have those issues back in Sweden with iPhones, if you remember. It was like in a period where when it got too cold outside. But it's not that cold outside. It's not at all. Like, it's not even negative degrees. No, but I mean, they're kind of in your ears. Your ears are not very warm. It's like they're... Yeah, but your ears are warmer than the outside, right? But not warmer than your hands would have been for your iPhone. So maybe they just don't like temperatures under under uh, California temperatures. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's saying on a box, designed for California. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of temperature issues with technical devices, uh, have you given your phone uh, a bath yet, Zach? Wait, why would I do this? <laughs> um, I think Manon's reference... Uh, I saw yesterday... I saw it yesterday. I don't know when it happened. Uh, Pat Murray uh, had a, sent a tweet that uh, the best way of cooling down your phone when it's overheating in the Australian summer is to uh, run it under the tap with cold oh, water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yep, that's that works. the most Australian thing I've seen on Twitter in a while. <laughs> but I yeah. think some people were talking about whether that's actually a good idea or if that's going to cause too big temperature changes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? If your phone's super hot and you run it on, under like super cold water, you might like you might damage other parts in your phone, not because the water is damaging the phone, but because the, the, the big difference in temperature is causing issues. Yeah. How is your phone keeping up in the heat sack? It's fine. Keep it out of the sun when it's too warm and <laughs> inside in air conditioning. Yeah, so it's fine. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, like a smart person. Yeah. Obviously not uh, extending that uh, love and care to the iPad, which sits out on the bricks <laughs> while streaming cricket, but that's okay. Is it a, It's a white iPad, right? No. No, it's a black it's one. It's a black uh, one. Yeah. And it still gets warm. Yeah. Have you have you had that recently, the, the screen on your phone, that your phone is too hot and you can't use it until it cools? Cool down. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, I'm not sure if it's I'm just not in hot enough places for long enough periods of time, or if I'm taking reasonable care of my phone. In that, you know, even if I'm at the beach, it's in my bag, but like under a few layers of stuff, so it's probably not going to overheat. Oh man, I can't believe all your talk about, talk about having sand el- again. electronics at the beach are just painful. Um, These phones are resilient. It's fine. Look. Honestly, there's probably more risk of somebody pinching, like stealing it from the beach than of anything going wrong related to water or sand or anything like that. Joke's on them. They got a scratched up phone. (laughs) 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 Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the last time I've seen the overheat message was on iPhone 3G. I'm pretty sure I saw it on the 7 or the 8. No, the 7 or something. Last... I'm pretty sure so I didn't a hot summer day. No, I didn't. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe it was on Twitter. Maybe it wasn't even my phone. 
my life is so close to technology now, so I don't even know what I'm doing. Do we want to get into one of our main topics? Let's do it. <laughs> I think we've both sort of misinterpreted the topic, Zach, both you and I. So let's see how Maybe. this goes. <laughs> Maybe. It's all right. I misread it. I it's didn't read the topic and I didn't prepare. So jokes on both of you. <laughs> um, no, but I was thinking um, it is going to be New Year. It's going to be 1st or 2nd of January when we release this episode. And I think like just... <sighs> Like I don't li- like the nature of uh, setting something like uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't really think it makes sense to set specific goals at the beginning of the year. I try to sort of have a more, I guess, a more ongoing reflection over how I'm doing in life. I'm not saying that people who set New Year's resolution don't do this, but I think setting New Year's resolution for me tend to not work out because I think it's sort of like you set it at the beginning of the year and then as soon as you maybe fail you try to you almost tend to like fall out of those patterns and you sort of it's easy to give up if you if you start to lose out on something that you set yourself up to do so like i don't really like setting those things i like to more but i do like to keep like in the end of the year i tend to have a calmer period of at work and i tend to not have as much to do so automatically i tend to have more of a reflection over what i'm doing in life and over like what i want to improve and things like that uh, and I think also since we since we spoke about which apps we're using and how we're using those apps last week, I feel like that made me reflect a bit more of like which apps I'm using, which productivity tools I'm using, and how I want to improve that. And I thought this could make a good segment now in the beginning of the year, um, just to talk about like how we wanna, what we wanna improve with ourselves, or like what we feel like we wanna, um, like. If there's anything more we want to like start using our devices for or something like that. So, for example, I was hoping to exercise a bit more and I want to start it soon. And I feel like now it's a pretty calm period and I think it's a good time to start for me. And it doesn't really matter that it's the new year. That's not why I'm doing it. It's more that I feel like many people around me are getting sick. <coughs> Kai? And it's also a calm period. So this is the perfect time for me to actually start exercising a bit more. And for that, I was hoping to like get a bit more use of my Apple Watch and potential apps for this. And I wanted to talk to you about that, Zach, because I feel like I'm always... Uh, okay, first of all, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say that I I still get notifications about you, you completing workouts every morning. Ah, oh, turn those I'm going to turn it off. This is another part of my... <laughs> sort of change in life i think i want to get less distractions something else but definitely yeah. gonna turn this off but this made me reflect i can't believe how long you've kept those on i know i will turn them yeah, off honestly i'm shocked it's, the, <laughs> it's meant to be the first thing i tell people when they say oh do you want to share activity i'm like yeah but just turn those notifications off. i am going to turn them off like uh yeah i i remember um before i turned them off on a sunday night you get three notifications from everyone you're sharing with who completes their rings because it's like they closed the stand ring for the week. They got a perfect week. They closed the move ring for the week. They got a perfect week. And then they closed the exercise ring. And then they, you get like those notifications 10 times over. And it's like, oh, turn it off. So, <laughs> yeah, I will turn it off yeah. because that's another part that I want. That's another thing that I want to do. I want to have less sort of distraction in my day-to-day life. I will probably get into that a bit more. But now I wanted the fact that I do still get notifications from you have made me realize how much you exercise and I thought this is something I would love to learn from and like hear how you motivate yourself with with something like this and potentially which apps and stuff like that you're using 
does this make sense as something to talk about? Like overall, sure. I think this is going to be something broader, but I think a direct question I had to you, Zach, was like, how do you, like, how do you motivate yourself to exercise more and which type of apps help you with this? Sure. Okay. Um, so the motivation question, uh, sounds a little bit, um, I guess mean, uh, so I started exercising because, well, actually, like, back in high school, because, like, the last year of high school, because you have to, like, study a lot and sit at a desk a lot, and I got sick of sitting at a desk, and then I got sore. So, then I started running, um, and then it turns out exercise is addictive, and then it kind of spirals from there. So, that's the boring answer. The interesting answer is that I discovered it's a really easy way to get an hour of your life where you don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> um, that's why it's going to sound mean, but- um, that part is actually kind of nice. So you never exercise with someone else? Oh, no, 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 no. That, w- that would be nightmarish. Because I know many people who do that, and I thought maybe that was a motivation, but clearly it's not. No, so I, I, I know people are often motivated if they do something with a friend or a family member or something, but I'm the complete opposite. And uh, I do quite enjoy the, the, like that hour period or whatever where I can just be on my own and you know listen to some music and sort of not have to think about things um, or think about things very much anyway. So, yeah, it's sort of a combination of those kind of things. There's no, like, really interesting motivation behind a desire to exercise. I kind of do enjoy, like, because I I run and go to the gym. On the running side, I do kind of enjoy uh, comparing, I guess, the running stats to other runs and sort of that can be motivational of, like, oh, yeah, I really want to beat this this particular time or, mm. or I really want to run X amount of kilometers in however long. Um, and I'm actually trying to, it's probably a bad time of year to be trying to do this, but I'm trying to set a new personal best for 12 K at the moment. Um, I really want to be able to run 12 K in, in less than an hour. And I've managed like 61 and a half minutes as my best so far. Um, so I'm really hoping that sometime, I guess, I guess this could be an, uh, uh, an expectation or a goal for the next year, but uh, at some point I would really like to run that in less than an hour. So I guess that kind of, that is motivating to see some of the statistics as well behind um, why you're, uh, I guess, doing things like that. Okay. Um, the other question there was about apps that I'm using. Uh, I'm really boring in that I use the Apple activity app to track... Um, to track both runs and the gym. Um, when I'm at the gym, I usually don't set like a custom workout type. I just use the other workout type when I'm on a run or a walk. Obviously, I'll select the the appropriate one for that. Um, the only real third party app. Oh, actually, no, I do have a few. Maybe not so related, but I, I can go over them. Um, so there's Zones, which is a a workout app in and of itself in that you can use it on your watch to start a workout and track a workout and all of that. But I uh, I don't use that part of it. I just use it to sort of analyze the data at the end. Um, it's got some interesting stats in there. Um, things like, uh, you know, weekly calories burnt, 10, uh, top 10 distances on a run, your running pace for the last 100 runs, things like that. Um, and it's also got a nice sort of share, uh, like a nice view for looking at... Um, your workout history for things like running and uh, the gym with stats and all that. And it's got like a nice share functionality. So if I'm ever going to share a, uh, I guess, snippet of the run or something, um, you know, like a nice screen with a photo behind it that says how far I ran for, 
how far I ran or how long I ran for. I'll usually use zones to do that because it creates a nice little graphic. Um, other than that, I have used Heartwatch in the past as a, like on the Apple Watch to record a gym workout. Um, I don't really personally find a huge advantage to doing that. I think its focus is primarily on heart rate as opposed to any of the other metrics, and that's fine. Um, but I just didn't find it really offered an advantage over just using the Apple um, one. It sort of captures all the same data. Uh, and the, yeah, the Apple one's just a, a little bit easier to use. Um, apart from that, Zova sometimes. Um, so that's a good one for stretching. Yeah, I heard that. Isn't Sova actually having exercises in it? Yes. Yeah. So it's got like its own workout programs and it's really good for like at home workout things, but I'm not, I'm not using it so much for that uh, as much as I am for just um, some of the stretching uh, exercises that it has there. Um, so I, um, what was one of my things last year was to uh, actually, actually put focus on warming up sometimes and definitely cooling down after a workout and i really didn't know how to do that properly um so i decided to use sova to sort of guide me there through some of the through some of the programs that it's got there uh and that's really handy you know sort of run a five or five to ten minute um stretching session uh after the gym sometimes and it sort of got to a point where i'm familiar enough with most of the uh, exercise routines like with the things that it suggests that i can sort of make my own now um just out Mm. of how much time i've got uh, left in the gym session and things like that so that's another good one for for those kind of things um but it also does it does do a lot more than that uh, but that's sort of just what i'm using it for okay okay yeah i downloaded sova and zones as well Zones was actually featured for like an app of the day oh nice mm. it is pretty good yeah it looks really nice i should probably upgrade to their premium thing it's one of those apps where i've just never felt a need which is why i haven't done it but also i use it enough that i should probably just give them money for the sake of it <laughs> because it's such a good app but they do they do give a lot for the free version okay yeah i feel like that sometimes too like even if i'm not going to use the premium features it's sort of fair to to pay for it because you do get so much out of apps exactly okay and how often do you, you said you exercise an hour every day uh most days it's um that varies week to week it's usually about six days a week, sometimes five, depends on life and, you know, how much other, how much else I've got going on. Okay. Um, but it's usually a couple of runs and then like four days at the gym um, in an ideal week anyway. Okay. And does that work? Do you still run outside when it's so hot outside? Yeah. Yeah. So every run is outside. Okay. Um, if I do run at the gym, it's not usually counted as one of my two weekly runs. It might just be like a two or three Ks to either warm up or cool down or something like that, okay. you know, just to get going. But yeah, I'm always an outside runner. So if it's really warm, I will get up early and go before it gets too hot. Mm. Um, I really struggled the other day. I ran at like 9.30 in the morning um, and it was just ridiculously hot at that time. Like it was 30 degrees and that was a little bit painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't quite make the, couldn't quite make the distance there. I had to, had to stop early. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I learned my lesson and yesterday went a little bit earlier. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's sort of something that I'm also a little bit concerned about that I'm st- I want to start doing this now and it's starting to get a bit cold outside. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's cold, but it is colder and I'm not sure how comfortable it will be to run outside so i'm a little bit concerned about what type of exercises to start with but i'm thinking something like sova would make sense just to motivate you get started and maybe start with like some lighter exercise first and then i can sort of get up from there just to get into a routine because i feel like that's something i want to i think for me it's not that like 
the annoying thing is not the exercise in itself. Like once I start, I think it's fine, but it's to get into like, it's more to get me to motivate myself to actually do it. But once I'm like change, change clothes, I can do like whatever exercise. But I think um, the problem is that I, I need to get into a routine. But if I can do something like Sova, then I could do it at home. And then I think it might be easier to get into that routine um, because it's something that I can just like do in the living room or like... I will find I will find place for it at home at least, uh, and I don't have to worry about the weather being too cold or having to go to a gym or something like that. Yeah, definitely. And there's I think that's a good way to do it as well because there's a lot less overhead in that you know you you don't have to transport yourself somewhere and transport yourself somewhere home and you know all the all the pack a bag and all the things that come with having to travel to a gym or even go for a run or something. But if you can do it from home, then that's super convenient, and you only really need to set aside the time that you want to be working out and not sort of time either side of that which is really good i think the important thing for me is to get into a like get into that routine but i still don't really know how to motivate myself i think I doing it at home will rather make it harder to get into a routine because really? it's quite easy if i mean a routine to me usually is connected to um something that is forcing me to get started so i can then not bail like if if you go down to the gym, you won't say, all right, I'm done before you even start and go back up. If you actually made it out of the door, you're probably fine. Well, at home, you might get dressed and you're like, oh, now it's cold because I changed into like uh, gym clothing or something and then just stay, stay and don't do anything. Or you get distracted quite easy in a gym. There's not, no one's going, you know, you don't have a phone call there or there's not someone like me in the apartment that might want to show you something interesting or something like that <laughs> i hope not it would yeah. be annoying if people at the gym show me interesting things on their phones all the time yeah so i think all the things you mentioned that might make it harder for you to to get it done all point towards going down to the gym rather than uh doing it at home yeah yeah and probably works even better if you can leave your phone upstairs as well and yeah. yep sort of just be focused for a half an hour hour or whatever it is yeah it's a good idea Maybe I should do that. Hmm. One of the things I find is doing it first thing in the morning is a great uh, way to sort of not have any distractions at that time. Because I find if, I, if I'm if i at home and I set myself a goal of I am going to go at 11 o'clock or whatever, I'll get caught up doing something. And then that time gets pushed later and later and later. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if I make it the first thing that I'm going to do in the morning, I've just woken up. I can't possibly have any other commitments that have come in overnight because <laughs> i haven't checked my phone so it's like you know you're sort of if you go to sleep with the intention of waking up and leaving is the first thing then that's what's going to happen if you don't allow any other distractions to sort of come into it and you also you do this during weekdays too right like when uh, like if you yes, have if you yes. have work you still exercise in the morning that's right yeah okay. so recently changed going to a gym that's closer to work um which has actually been a huge improvement because it means i can do the, the travel thing early, less traffic at that time. I get more time at the gym, which is really good. And then when it's time to go to work, I can just go across to work, have a quick shower and I'm at my desk. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I know this is, I'm going to sound lazy for this, but I feel like often if I try to exercise in the morning, I tend to look at the clock and realize how early it is. And then I'd rather want to take that time to sleep more. Um, <laughs> how do you, you get in like, the habit of going to sleep earlier though yeah like you just you have to if you're waking up earlier yeah just... that's always the thing though that's always the thing though you you don't appreciate five minutes in the evening 
as much as the five minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. So if you can just take out those minutes in the evening, just go to bed earlier because you know, you, you, you know, I think that's also a routine thing. If you know, you will get up every morning at, I don't know, six thirty because you want to be in the gym by seven, mm -hmm. then you will force yourself to go to bed because otherwise you can't budge on the, on the wake up alarm in the morning. So you can either not sleep or you go to bed earlier, but it's kind of more of a forced, uh, forced bedtime that way, because you know, you have, you have a thing in the morning that you won't, won't move. And if you're strict with yourself and telling yourself that you won't move it, then you have to adjust on the other end. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I uh, I think that's the thing overall that I wanted to talk about. Um, so I think in the beginning when we get into this topic, I rambled on about that I want to do some changes and that I have been reflecting. And I think a big thing that I have noticed is that I am lacking a routine at the moment. I feel like I'm very reactive to things. I feel like if I need to do something, I do it in the evening. Or like if if I come up with this thing that I really want to do, I start doing it. I'm not like I feel like I'm 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 sort of losing like I'm sort of forgetting what time it is in the evenings, and I just I think it might be because it's so dark outside quite early. It's getting dark at like four thirty, uh, so that makes me feel like I don't really know what time of day it is. I can start things really late, and then I'm sort of like motivated to do it. I'm not getting very tired in the evening. Um, so then I end up going uh, to bed late and then I end up not being able to go up early and then I can't go to the gym or do those type of things. So that's something that I really want to force myself to do this year or uh, in the future. I really want to get into a better routine and get those like healthy habits of like actually having a better schedule, not just for my work, but also a schedule for like my my free time activities. So I really want to, I think starting with something like the gym or like doing some exercise in the morning is a good start because that would really motivate me to go to bed in time and like be on a good schedule. Uh, and with that, I was also hoping to start using something like sleep, uh, I think it's called Sleep Plus Plus. It's like a sleep tracking app for your watch. So I actually want to, I think that will be another motivation for myself to go to bed in time because I want to be able to sleep a certain amount of hours and really track that. So I think tracking things with apps and will really motivate me to get into this routine. Auto sleep is really good for that. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say. Auto sleep. Um, definitely. If you want to use a sleep tracking app, use auto sleep. Yeah, it's I'm the only acceptable now. one, in my opinion. Um, but I think we will talk about that a little bit later this episode. So I won't go into it too much now. Okay. I was just about to go into it, but I guess we're we're waiting then. Have you not seen the list? No, I have. I Is know it, what you're talking about <laughs> it's now. It's called Auto Sleep Tracker for what? Probably. three ninety nine. Sounds about right. All right. When I bought it, it was not called for watch. Hmm. It is auto sleep tracker for watch, yeah. I mean, maybe they rebranded it just to make it clearer. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. 1,150 reviews in Canada. And 817 in Australia. 4.7 star average. Hmm, that seems like a good app. A family member has already purchased this item. To so download it again, <laughs> select OK. Cool. Thanks, Kai. Yeah, I feel like, as I said, I don't like sitting goals in that way but I really want to get into having a routine and I think if I get into a better routine with those things uh, I'm starting to that will help me with getting other things done because I feel like I used to I think I used to exercise more a few years ago when I did uh, because I was playing ultimate frisbee and that sort of motivated me to doing it more often because that's a team sport right so it made me motivated to actually go there show up and have a good routine around that and I think I want to get back into that habit and I also feel like once 
what I'm hoping to achieve is like, I want to have a routine because I think that will help me have those healthy habits, like exercising, sleeping well, and those type of things. But I also think having a good routine will also help me get other things done more often because sometimes I feel like I don't really know how much free time I have. I don't have a good overview of my day. And I feel like that makes me sort of not know when I can do other things. So for example, I would like to start writing more blog posts and I would like to uh, do for more things in the community. Like kind of want to start a meetup. And I think in order to do this, it's important to have a routine and really be able to have like, I guess, good, like be, be good at your time management. And I think having that routine will really help me with my time management because I know I've done this in the morning and then I go to work and then I know how much time I have in the afternoon instead of having like, oh, maybe I exercise in the afternoon because if I know that I've done that already, it will have been done in the morning and know exactly how much time I have left in the evening and afternoon because I know what time I want to go to bed. So I'm hoping getting those routines into my life is going to help me get more time to do other things and also help me schedule other things better. So for example, like the meetups, we probably have to prepare for the meetups. And if I know exactly how my schedule looks like, I know when I can prepare for it. And it's a lot less stressful in my day-to-day life because I still take on a lot of responsibilities and I do still like plan meetups and those type of things. But I think I'm always having, like, I'm always slightly stressed about those things because I don't have a good overview of my day. Whereas if I have more of a routine, I know exactly when I can do those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, yeah. so I think that was just something I wanted to talk about. And uh, we did talk a lot about, uh, we did talk a bit about Streaks last in the last episode as an app that I started using this year. And this is something, after we talked about this, it's something I've been starting to use more and more. And I really want to incorporate this in my life a bit more to actually use something like Streaks to actually track um what I'm doing. So Streaks is basically helping you setting those healthy habits. And I just wanted to recommend it to other people. Uh, after we talked about it, I started using it every day for different things I want to get Streaks in. And it's been really helpful, actually. And it's such a sat- satisfying... Um, uh, those those kind of tiles, those buttons are so satisfying to push because you push and hold and you can see the ring filling up. I just I just like that action. <laughs> you just have Streaks saying push button one, push what, button two. Hold button. Sorry, hold button. Yep. Uh, this is another thing I want to talk to you sa- about, Zach. I feel like you do have. I feel like you always manage to do a lot of things every day. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if this sounds weird, but uh, like I've, I don't mean to be like creepy. I'm not stalking you in any way, but you often have like many things going on because you have uni, like you you do still study, you have work, and then you often you're also involved in cocoa heads, and then you're also working on your own uh, apps on your free time. And I was just wondering, like, how you schedule your time around this and how you manage which projects you want to work on yeah that's a good question um it's a very good question thank you thank you it sort of ties in with what you were saying about having a routine and sort of being able to prioritize different things um I think I I don't know if the routine holds but it probably does in that I know most days start the same you know there's work or uni in the middle there and then there's some time in the evening which is almost always the same amount of time so i like it's not necessarily directly related but maybe just having that fairly consistent schedule in a day um means i know how much time i have and then can allocate accordingly um it's 
yeah and then it just comes down to prioritizing all the different things that need to be done um for like particularly like uni is often the big one where that can be unpredictable um and to have to set aside time for that uh but then that usually sort of leads into wanting to do other things like unrelated to uni because like because of your procrastination you know, you- motivates your other Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then instead it, of like have watching Netflix, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like turns into something that is somewhat productive and then it's like, oh, I'm just going to work on that side project for a little bit or I need to edit the podcast now. And I guess it's all good productive stuff. Um, but sometimes the unique semester can help for that. It can help with that because I feel like, oh, I shouldn't be relaxing. And I, I accept that. But I also don't want to be doing uni work. So maybe I should be working on something that something else that's kind of productive i don't know it doesn't really answer the question um but yeah i guess just yeah i don't know (laughs) but how do you decide like even if you do it because you procrastinate from other things how do you decide what to do during this time how do you decide because you do have a few different apps that you're working on or a few different apps that you have been working on earlier and like how do you decide what to work on uh yeah usually just comes down to what i'm most motivated without the time um i don't know you you probably find a similar thing where you get a sudden burst of motivation over a few weeks to work on something in particular uh, and that might mean putting other things aside for a while um but because i mean that's the beauty of side projects is there's no deadlines there's no requirements it's literally just oh i have this idea that i would like to make a reality i can do that if i have x amount of spare hours in the next week um so there's no that's sort of not really super structured um if that if that time if i'm spending time on sort of my own projects i'm thinking of that more as just a general side project time kind of category uh, as opposed to specific app like working on specific projects uh, does that make sense yeah yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah. and then i generally find that at, at any given point in time i'm motivated to work on a couple of different things so there's there's a few options there and some project that means some projects take longer than uh, I initially hoped because I might be less motivated for a while, but that's okay. I mean, I think I think part of the joy of side projects is getting to pick exactly what you want to work on and not working, not doing anything you don't want to have to do for them. Um, so I think in that sense, if, if it became about trying to meet a deadline for a side project, then it's probably not as much fun. And then it feels a little bit more uh, like a chore as opposed mm-hmm. to... Um, where if, if you have complete and total control, then it's generally something you're doing for fun or something that you're super interested in. So I think that works out um, usually. Yeah, I think that's sort of what I want to do too. I want to have those type of side projects that like more relaxed and more for myself to learn from and to like I'm motivated because it's a fun task. Like writing a blog post, I think is enjoyable. And I, I think you're right. Like not having a deadline for that makes sense. But sometimes... I feel like I still need to set a deadline because, for example, for a blog post, I can continue writing it for a real long time and then I might never end up finishing it. So I guess I still need something. I need to limit myself somehow. So maybe I should maybe limit the amount of hours or something like that. I like, I don't know. I need to somehow, dis- because I feel like there are multiple things I want to work on. So I need to somehow figure out a way to I think motivation is one thing, but I also need to, I don't know, I feel like I need to set, still set some type of limit on those side projects. 
Okay. Yeah. So there's like no definite end in sight for some of them. Yeah. Which makes it tricky. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's, it's interesting because I think yeah. a lot of the ones with a lot of like side projects with, uh, definite ends, like say, say this podcast. Mm-hmm. Sorry. A lot of the projects with de- side projects with deadlines have a definite end, like this podcast. Wait. When are we ending the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like weekly, we have yeah. to record and we have to edit, but those are two tasks which have a definite ending. They're not, um, they're not as flexible as other side projects, but I think there's other ways, like there's other projects in which you can get that flexibility from while still having these be more structured. And then you, like you mentioned the Coker heads thing. I mean, that comes up same time each month. There's work to do, you know, a few weeks before and that has to be done. Like that's, that sort of just needs to become priority when it's time to do that kind of thing. Um, and that's fine. And then the same with the podcast, but usually, Usually, at least the work I do on the podcast is done by Monday night uh, mm-hmm. for the week. So, I usually finish the edit Monday night, if not, and Tuesday morning. And then I know that the other evenings are free to do other things. Um, so, there's some routine there. Yeah. No, that sounds like a healthy mix to have, like, the combination of those. Yes. Yeah. And it also means that I'm forced to do some side project work. Uh, like, it's, it's always going to be non-zero in any given week. And then yeah. if the following three evenings I don't feel like doing anything, well, I've done something for the week yeah at least in the side project space yeah yeah Hmm. okay i don't know for myself i just always not really setting myself um deadlines but i'm kind of having the expectation of myself being able to to ship something by a specific date i just tend to set myself relatively optimistic times that i think i should be able to ship what i'm currently working on and then that kind of becomes a motivation in itself because I expected to get something done by that t- time. If I know I'm running behind that, I'm motivated to catch up on that. And I feel like, I mean, most things that I want to work on, I want to, I want to ship because that's a, a very, you know, I'm not building for building sake. I'm building because I think the, the, the product would be a good product or a fun product to, to be available. And then me kind of having the drive of shipping rather than the drive of building kind of helps with organizing that. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess the the motivation there is that you want to ship and that's good. Um, mm. So do you set like a hard deadline or is it more a time frame that you want, are aiming for with those things? I mean, I mean, I've, I, <laughs> I don't think I've hit one of my deadlines ever for a side project. So I guess it's not Maybe really because hard. Because you were done way earlier? That That's usually how it goes. Um, no, I'm just, I just think I should get this done in a week and then it might take, uh, I don't know, 10 days. Um, and that's okay. I, I don't really, it's more, I want to have a guideline of when I think I sh- can accomplish something by, because if I don't, then, then I feel like I don't really have this kind of, yeah. But that's what I'm worried. Are you still motivated to work on them or do you feel more pressured to work on them? No, no, no pressure at all. It's, it's not that I'm like setting myself unrealistic expectations to, to, uh, to increase pressure. It's more, I think realistically, I should be able to get it done in seven days. If it takes me nine days, I think, damn it, I should have, uh, next time I might be able to tweak some things here and there and just kind of trying to get to what I expected it to take is somehow motivating and fun to me to get there and kind of see how i track not not formal i'm not tracking it formally i just kind of have an idea of where i thought i would be in mind and i'm kind of working towards that and i mean that's usually what happens right it's not really that things are taking way longer than i thought it's just when you're kind of getting 
I don't know, 40, 50% into a project, re you realize you forgot about five or 10% of features you actually need for it to work at all. Um, especially if you're not really planning ahead, you kind of just starting to, to, to do things that sometimes happens that you just forget an entire feature. And then that obviously does take longer. But I think that flexibility is kind of the nice advantage of working on things for yourself. Mm. You know, you can add and remove requirements. Yeah. And for me, it's not really uh, ever that I feel stressed or, or pressure towards my, my goals because I know where I am, right? There's no external force that, that has any pressure. I know where I am. I know why something took longer. Sometimes that is because something was more tricky or because I thought something uh, would benefit from some extra polish. And sometimes it's just that I really didn't feel for working on this for, for a few days because I had things that I thought were higher priority in my life. And they might be productive or the higher priority was just to, to take a walk because that week had a particular, like the weather was particularly nice that week. So I decided to take an hour of a walk instead. So I, but that, that is kind of the, the benefit of having uh, projects where you are managing everything. It's just part of how you manage your entire life. And this is just one another, uh, just another task in your life that you balance against everything else you want to do. Yeah, I feel like I'm not sure where I'm getting with this, but I think mm -hmm. it's helpful to just hear how you guys are managing your time. And I think it's not like I'm bad at managing my time. I just feel like I'm more, like I said, I'm more reactive at the moment. So if I'm like, many things that I do do on the side would be like, for example, I want to start meetups and I'm worried that I will be more reactive about that and be like, oh, the meetup is coming up in a day. I'm going to do this now and feel more stressed about yeah. it rather than having the joy out of doing something on your free time. But I think um, getting into a routine will allow me to maybe like prepare for this in the beginning of the week, even if the meetup is not until the end of the week. And I think yeah. that is something I want to do because I think even if it's a free time project with a deadline, it will be a more relaxed deadline because if I, if I have that routine and can finish it early, I think that will be more satisfying. Definitely. Yeah. But even that could sort of tie in with um, sort of the, the desire to work out as well, because that's all about routine and, and starting your routine and getting into a routine. Mm. But then if you had a routine for what you wanted to work on in your free time as well, you know, like, oh, I don't know, Monday night was always prep for the meetup if it was a weekly meetup mm -hmm. or, you know, every every second Monday if it was a fortnightly meetup. Um, and then, yeah, may maybe that's also the key there for allocating side project time as well possibly i don't yeah, know yeah um, i think so uh, i hope that will be like helping me to sort of just allocate my time a bit better and be more realistic about what i can do and have a better like just for my own calmness if i like for my own sanity it's good if i have that schedule so that i know which time slots i have free as well um definitely yeah, yeah. but yeah i'm Really looking forward to starting a meetup. And like realistically, this meetup is going to be more casual as well. But I think that's always the case. If you, if you do something in the public and you want to have, take other people's time to attend a meetup, you still want to be prepared. So, and overall, I think once you have that routine and once you have prepared a few meetups, like with when I was prefer preparing for Cocoa Heads, I mean, there were many other people involved and they did great things and great prepared uh, really well. But I think when I was part of preparing it was very difficult it was difficult in the beginning and it was a bit stressful in the beginning but once you do get into a routine and you know that this is something you do every month it's a lot more easy to do it because you know you have a strategy to do it definitely and yeah like like with anything once you've done it a few times you're way more familiar 
everything's a lot better. Yeah, I feel like you guys have been very helpful with this. So I think uh, I will get into a better routine and I think I'm going to start with exercising. I know like the problem for me is that I'm not feeling, I don't feel, I guess, unhealthy in my day-to-day life. I mean, this is not a problem, but since I don't feel this, I feel less motivated to exercise until my back actually start to hurt because this is a problem I tend to have. Like if I work a lot at a computer, I do get a sore neck and it's like when this happens, I feel like I should start working out, but I should actually prevent this and I want to prevent it for like, I also want to like stay healthy in the long term. So I feel like I should really do it, but I feel like it's hard for me to motivate myself when I don't see any like day to day issues with not exercising. Um, but I think that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. Like, there's no motivation. Yeah. I mean, this is a good problem to have. I am fortunate to not gain weight very easily. Um, I mean, that that's that's a good problem to have. Uh, but I think because of that, I don't feel motivated to like stay fit necessarily. But I think for the sake of like staying healthy in the long term, having a good back, having like not getting any RSI issues and those type of things, and also just to feel better and feel healthier, I think. I mean, I have been exercising before and I do feel like I get like sick less often. So for those type of things, I really want to, I really see the benefits. I just need to motivate myself to do it. And I think, yeah, maybe pack it, like preparing my exercise, like my, my clothing and stuff the day before and just leave them next to the bed or something will really motivate me to do that first thing in the morning. And then that will be part of my routine. Sounds good. And just for the record, me personally, not a big fan of setting goals for years or New Year's resolutions. If if you want to change something in your life, change something in your life. Yeah, but that's, that's... I'm not criticizing you. Just I just wanted to state that as a fact. Okay, good. So if you so, if you so think, if you, oh no, it's already the second of of January. That's when we release, I think. And you didn't have a New Year's resolution? Doesn't matter. Just start changing your things you want to change on on the fifth. That's fine. Yeah. Or six. Or sevens. Or February. Or think- March. June. <laughs> I mean, people people will listen to this for ages, like in, in ten years' time, I think, and then it might be. So you mean January second? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, twenty twenty like, nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they might listen to it in the future, maybe in June or something. And please still motivate yourself to do things. If you are listening on January second, twenty twenty nine. Please contact us, however people contact people in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I think um, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think that's like, that's never my, my motivation for those things. I don't try to like sit down in the end of the year and reflect over those things. Like it tend to come to me quite frequently. But I think, as I said, because I had a calmer period now, it has sort of, yeah, it, it has sort of encouraged me to think about those things a bit more and also notice over the uh, last months that was pretty busy, I noticed what, I'm, what I am doing wrong. And I think overall, I think I really want to motivate other people to always reflect over what you're doing and reflect over what you can improve in your life. And then you will become a good, better person every day. So, and now when we spend so much time talking about productivity and how to spend your time uh, more wisely... Let's spend some time or waste some time talking about goal setting and themes. Not a fan of goals, more a fan of themes. Don't set either. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know more? (laughs) Yes, please. It sort of ties to like what you were saying before. Uh, Sorry, what we were talking about before. It seems to be like, um, in your case for for next year, Marlon, you've got like this theme of routine. And that's probably a better approach 
um, when you're looking at something like when you're looking at doing things differently is to have that sort of overarching theme instead of specific goals. I mean, goals are like tangible, right? You either achieve it or you don't. And it's very easy, I guess, to fall off the bandwagon if you don't uh, hit a goal the first couple of times, especially if it's a recurring kind of goal. It could be a little bit different if the goal is maybe something you're working towards over the course of a period of time. Uh, that could be motivating, I guess. But with, with I mean, like it, it's it's notorious, right? People set New Year's goals of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat better. And then they go out New Year's Day, eat terribly. Obviously, and then by January like, 2nd, they're like, yeah. forget about it. Yeah. Um, so, like that's kind of a, I don't know how beneficial something like that is in setting. But if you have a theme where, um, like take the example of um, routine and when you're, when you're making decisions and you're considering making say different decisions to what you would normally make, you kind of have in the back of your mind, does this help me achieve routine or, or whatever that theme might be? I think I'm, I'm a bit more of a fan of looking at things in that way. Um, and I also think it, it places less emphasis if you on uh, you doing something not wrong, but not, doing something that doesn't sort of achieve that um, that theme as a one-off um, because there'll still be the decision you're making in an hour's time, in six hours' time, the next day, the next week, whatever it might be, where you can ask yourself that question again, is this decision going to help me achieve routine? Is, you know, it's, oh, it's 11 o'clock uh, and I'm still working on something. Should I go to bed now? Well, what what choice would sort of help me achieve that goal of routine? Um and I, sorry, that theme, that theme of routine, um, and, you know, missing one or two nights, probably not a big deal, but then, you know, you'd hope that a few more times you get back into the, the routine of, um, I guess back into the swing of things. I don't want to use routine when talking about routine, anyway, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's, it's also easier to make goals that are unrealistic, whereas the theme is generally a little more, it's, by nature, I think a bit more general um, and that can help. And sort of, if you're setting a very specific goal, like I must go to the gym. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a good idea to use the examples we just spoke about, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use them because it's they're easier to talk about. But if you're setting that goal of, I need to go to the gym. So like your goal is to go to the gym. You go to the gym, happy days, you get home. Oh, there's junk food. Well, my goal wasn't yeah, to not yeah. eat junk food. So <laughs> very easy to eat junk food and not feel guilty. Like if your goal or sorry, if your theme is, is healthier, like just healthier life, hypothetically, then that's going to that's going to impact on your decision to go to the gym. But it's also going to impact in other decisions you make throughout the day. It's like, oh, yeah. just because I've gone to the gym today doesn't mean I can forget about this goal for the rest of the day. It's like, oh, I get to work and I'm going to take the stairs instead of the elevator or I'm going to have a salad at lunch or some yogurt as a snack instead of chocolate. You know, th- those kind of things. And it sort of bleeds into other parts of your life as well yeah it's more of a like daily daily motivation i guess and more of a some like a way for you to decide your own direction in your day-to-day activities exactly yeah yeah that's sort of my take on the whole goal setting versus themes that a theme is generally going to be more useful i also want to disclose that like this theme thing is definitely nothing that we came up with and if people feel like it sounds familiar it's because something it's something like gray is often using cdp gray who is in both Hello Internet and Cortex. He's often talking about this. Uh, yeah, 
So I just want to say we are aware of that other people have been talking about this, but I think the way that Gray does it is pretty motivating. What I do think is strange with Gray is that he tend to only want to talk about this in the beginning of the year. Is this right? I think you're confusing Gray and Mike there. No, Mike always want to talk about it, but Gray always wants Mike to to wait with talking about it until the beginning of the year. Is this correct? I don't think so. Sounds dumb. Zach, I'm right, right? One of them doesn't want to talk about it before the start of the year, like their themes for the following year. I don't remember who's here. No, I think I think that's a very way, good way of you, for you to describe it too, Zach, that it really is something that sort of like influences your daily decisions. And but shouldn't, I don't understand, doesn't everyone's life already influence their daily decisions about life? Do you really have to have a theme to say, I want to be healthier to be healthier? Isn't it just... I, I don't want to die when I'm 60 or I don't want to be unable to move. I don't think you have to have a theme. Like, you don't have to sit down and say, right, I have a theme for this year or this month or whatever it might be. But I think it, it can be sort of a more general thing of, well, in the interest of, you know, I'm not happy with X, Y, Z about my life. In the interest of changing that, uh, I think this is a good approach. And so, um, I can give you an example, and this wasn't tied to... A year, but it so happens that it's sort of been a thing in my life for like maybe like 14 months now, but sort of the year of putting myself out there more in just sort of going outside of my comfort zone. And that's not like something that I sat down and thought about like, oh, right, for the next X amount of months, I'm going to do this. It just sort of happened where I was like, a few things happened and I was like, hmm, uh, been a bit out of my comfort zone lately. Maybe this is a good thing. I think think I'm growing as a person, maybe I'm going to try and make some more decisions that uh, are in, in the interests of um, sort of going out of my comfort zone in the mm -hmm. future. Um, so, it wasn't like something that I sat down and planned to do or sort of something that started and I was like, hmm, this is a good thing. Maybe I should continue it where I can. But that's the thing, right? That's a deliberate decision where you're like, all right, this this might be something that's beneficial for me. But it didn't have to happen in a specific year. And yeah, even that, if you're but that's, that's no, our no, point, it's, though. it's unrelated really like to that. a year. It's yeah. more you sometime throughout the day, or just like it might just be a situation like Zach mentioned that makes you reflect over yourself and something that you want to improve with yourself, and that's sort of what's going to influence the rest of your decisions. And I think, but it's, you, the thing, it's right? not like uh, what, once you're done with that year, you drop it. It's like you want to focus on that until it becomes nature for you. But it, it is weird because, I don't know, I, I just feel like having those kind of things doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. If you optimize, then you would want to optimize for discomfort, like going out of your comfort zone. You're like, oh, this is a really hot room. I really think this is uncomfortable. No, Let's stay like in this room. But that's, I think but they're not the type of things. No, no but it's just decisions like I'm making. you, you want to improve everything, at least for me, I want to improve everything in my life constantly. So whenever I see something, you know, you're also learning every day new things. Yeah. So maybe you think, think you might hey, add, yeah, yogurt. Might add, you might add themes all the time. It's just, it's not like, it's not that theme. I add theme it's more, stories. it's more changing your way of thinking and changing your motivations. Behind but it's like, it. you're like, all right, there's chocolate and there's yogurt. I should eat yogurt. Turns out I'm allergic to, uh, um, what is this? Dairy. Dairy. Like now, now you're an idiot. <laughs> If you keep on eating that, then, then just pick the chocolate. It's just, I feel like it's such a dynamic thing where every day of your life, you learn new information of how to, how to. You do realize that lactose intolerant people can't eat chocolate either. Uh, I'm, uh, only milk. They I can't just have eat to point milk that chocolate. out there. They can't eat milk chocolate. 
Yeah, I'm. On, yeah, I'm. I, I think I'm eating a different type of chocolate. Yeah, I think your chocolate is healthier than their yogurt <laughs> because you're eating like ninety percent chocolate. Yeah, and only ninety percent. Really that's only yeah, cacao and sugar. But um, anyway, um, but that's the kind of thing, right? It's like I I just don't understand why people don't want to. If you, for me, if I if I see things I want to improve in my life. I action them directly. And as I learn more things, as I'm actually trying to improve something, I get more and more information about it and then adjust as I go along. I don't really need this large setting at a specific time and then saying, now I'm doing this. Maybe you think, hey, I should go out of my comfort zone. I should, I don't know, you're afraid of public talking and now you're giving talks. And at some point that becomes comfortable to you And you're like, now preparing all those talks is a lot of time that I wasted instead of spending on, I don't know, other side projects. And at that point, you might adjust. It's not because you think this year you should spend only on public speaking. It's more of you you noticed something in your life that you think needs improvement. You improve that, and then you find the next thing that you think you can get better at than you are. But I feel like it's so much more of a dynamic and fluid thing And yeah. I think that makes so much more sense because every day you're doing something in your life, you learn new information about your life and about yourself and about the things you're, you, you're good at and bad at and want to improve. That kind of setting something very early on and trying to follow that for a long time just is a bit strange to me. And doesn't really align with anything else I'm doing in, in no, my life. No, I, I agree. I think overall, that's definitely what I'm doing. For example, I... Um, I had like a sweet tooth for a real long time. I would say like my whole life until like a year ago. I have really like as soon as I go somewhere and there's like baked goods, I'm like always looking at it. I'm like, should I buy one? And then I tended up, I, I usually ended up settling for not buying it. But that was usually when Kai was with me in the cafe and sort of helped me restrict myself. But like nowadays I notice like I'm not even looking at the cakes like i go into cafes and i just order my coffee and leave and this is very this is a very new things new type of behavior for me that i haven't noticed before but this was something that i thought i didn't want to eat sweet things so i stopped eating sweet things i didn't want kai to always feel like he has to babysit me and tell me not to eat sweet things so i decided myself to not buy those things and i think that was a very dynamic thing that i ended up doing from a date like uh, from one day to another and now it's 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 like nature as i said i don't even look at things anymore and i might buy something sometime but that's usually because i feel for it that day but it's not that i have the craving that i used to have at all and i think that came very dynamic but something like getting more into a routine is something that i feel like you need a bit more work on because if you haven't planned for having a routine And you stay up till two the day before you want to work out at seven o'clock, you're going to screw up that routine very early. So I think that's why it's important to have it more like a bigger goal because, or like a bigger theme, because I think it's something that needs a bit more thought behind it. And you need to keep it in mind a bit more than something like not buying a cookie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe my brain just works differently. But if I'm, I'm saying I will, I will get up at seven, I, I, get up at seven the next day i don't really yeah but then you will like that's not going to be sustainable in the long term because yeah you will get up at seven but then you will and then you will exercise then that day maybe you stay up late again and then you get up at seven and in the end you will get up end up getting sick and then you will not be motivated to go up and work out and you're going to lose that very quickly but i think if you want to have something more sustainable i think in this case, I have to make a bigger change. Yeah, but you can make a bigger change kind of in one step more. I, I don't understand this kind of, you know, if you would have a theme, how old do humans get? Like 120 years? 
old. Uh, I, I just feel like I have too many things in my life I want to do to only have 120 And themes. I want to eat what you're eating if you only live to 120. <laughs> 90% chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, I, even the thought of having like a theme for a year stresses me because no, I'm like... No, but that's the thing. It's really not for a year. It's like, right now I want to focus on this. It's probably going to take me two weeks to get into this routine and then I'm gonna go on to the next thing but it's not it, other things can come in before that and it's really not it's really not like a strict thing and that's why it's I want to emphasize that it's very different from goal setting because it's more something that I have in mind that I want to focus on uh, on improving it's the same like if you if you if you do exercise a lot let's say you play if you play basketball but you want to get better at your free throws you might end up practicing more free throws that doesn't mean that That's the only thing you're gonna do, but you will do more free throws because that's what you want to get better at. And then when you're better at that, you continue getting moving on to the next thing. It's just adding some focus to your life. You're gonna say that you don't agree with practicing three throws, free throws. I mean, I'm conflicted. First of all, I think it's it's also not a bad idea. Of I don't know, you're really bad at free throws, but you're really good at other things. Maybe free throws is a weakness you have. And maybe that's okay. Um, But, I mean, if you want to be a professional basketball player, you sort of need to throw those free throws. Have you seen Shaquille O'Neal? I mean, he he was one of the most successful basketball players. And uh, I think, uh, uh, I don't know. You use that as a disadvantage. Our neighbor's dog could could beat him with free throws. (laughs) So, that's two things. First of all, sometimes it's also okay to not be great at everything. I think sometimes you also have to be realistic. Maybe certain things are not good because we know we all have 24 hours. We focus on the things we're good at and we want to exploit them in our lives for, for different things. We want to exploit them for, for wealth. We want to exploit them for happiness. We want to exploit them for any types of advantages or, or desires we have in our lives, right? So if you, if you know you're really good at something and really bad at something else, you can say, all right, I want to hit like a minimum threshold of, of being acceptable at something. But I think focusing on the things you're good at and you're enjoying is usually a better pathway for, for being happy about what you're doing. Um, unless you see like a reason for for this to to yeah, but for example, I don't enjoy exercising, and it's not going to make me happy to that's, exercise. But, but I know in the long term, I will be happy from. But it. that's the thing. That's what I think. Uh, you going exercising is probably not as good as you joining a sports team because you really like playing sports in a team, and it's free exercise as a side effect. It's probably a better way for you to exercise. And that's why I'm saying if you're realistic with yourself and you look at what you're actually enjoying in life, you're probably able to find things that get you to where you want to be in a way where you're exploiting, you know, you're basically exploiting something in your brain that makes you enjoy a team sport and chasing, I don't know, a ball or, or a frisbee through the air and you're running with all your with uh, all the power you have in your body you you run after that that flying disc makes no sense that for some reason that feels great and doing the same thing without chasing anything in the air just feels like torture so why wouldn't you to do the one where you're getting super excited and you're enjoying over the one that feels like torture but also you can still enjoy things you're not good at and you can sure. still do those I'm things not saying for you're, enjoyment you're not. as well and that can still be a very valid thing that you want to change in your life oh i want to do more of something that i'm not good at but still enjoy could be playing cricket yeah that's the thing though i'm not saying you can only do things you're good at but you shouldn't like i i wouldn't want to like that the example right if you have the option to go running or playing playing a sport you enjoy then 
the running part is the same. Just one is packaged in a way that you're enjoying it more. I'm not saying anyone should always only do the things they they are good at because I do a lot of things. I'm probably not. Um, yeah, but there are also certain things you have to do. Like some people might not be motivated to do any sports. They might not like team theme sports, but they also theme oh, team sports. <laughs> but they might also not like um, like exercise or running or like going to a gym. So like those people still like. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There's no such, like, there's not one right answer for everyone. You have to know who am I and how do I get myself to do the things. For you, I feel it's quite simple. You like team sports. You're in, you, you want to have a routine. Team sports forces you into a routine. You want to have like a dedicated time slot. Team sports usually have a dedicated time slot. You want to have kind of external pressure to, to make you go there. That's what a team does. If you wouldn't show up to games, they would probably get upset about you you're not showing up randomly if you 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 don't like running because you think it's boring running in a team sport is somehow working so i feel like if you have something like that that is so clearly option a and b they contain the same exercise element but one of them contains all the components that would get you to do something to me that just seems like an obvious choice for someone else it might be the exact opposite zach doesn't want to talk to people for an hour probably team sport would not be a great fit because if zach just ignores all his teammates for an hour every week i don't think anyone enjoys that i'll try it and report back (laughs) (laughs) and it's also you know you it doesn't have to be like to zach's point it doesn't have to be a sport that you're amazing at and you're aiming for playing in a pro league yeah so that's 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 how for me it's very fluid and kind of dynamic and day-to-day because i do like i'm I, I do have those things where I'm like, I don't know, sometimes I don't even realize I'm bad at something. Like I, I work on a software project, I realize I have a gap and then I learn about it and I find it satisfying. Sometimes there are things where I'm like, this is just annoying, I don't want to do this right now and then I move on. You know, it's just, I feel like it's Yeah, super... and I, defi- I definitely do that and I really don't, like I, I feel like I'm a quite a flexible person when it comes to those things. I tend to reflect over what I'm doing every day. I don't need to have a year in order to reflect over what I want to do, but like I don't I don't need a new year for that. But as I said, for something like a bigger routine change, I think it's quite good to have it like have it as something like keep it on your mind so that you're actually motivated by this theme. Yep, that's fair enough. And I think the the sign of a successful I guess theme or whatever it is, is that you no longer have to think about it and it just becomes a routine. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, I com- I'm 100% on board, Kai. If you realize that you're doing something wrong in your day, just change it. Like if you're eating too much carbs, just eat something else. Do we have anything else about this or do we want to move over to the stuff we like list thing? I think it's time for the list thing. Kai, do you have anything you like? <laughs> it's very empty in this list. Um, I don't want to start because I may or may not have not done my homework. Um, uh, okay. Um, I, I think since we spoke about auto sleep, maybe you want to go first, Zach. Sure. So I alluded to it earlier, but my pick this week, it was actually my pick from a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't do a list for a week or two or something like that. So anyway, it's in the list now. Um, not a happy list. to be adding it is AutoSleep 6, which is the latest update to an iOS and primarily Apple Watch app, which tracks your sleep. Um, So if you have an Apple Watch, you will know that there's no native sort of Apple-supported way to do sleep tracking, despite sleep being a 
pretty important metric which gets a lot of attention in the health app that Apple create. So there are some third-party alternatives, and I know Marlon, you mentioned Sleep Plus Plus earlier, um, but in my my personal opinion, Auto Sleep is the one true sleep app which everyone should be using if you want to track sleep on your watch. Uh, and it just got a new update. So my pick is specifically the new update. I'm not really going to go into why the app is fantastic. Otherwise, um, actually, I will very quickly. I just think it's the, in all the ones I've tried, it's the most accurate. There's not really much more to it than that. How do you know that it's accurate? I mean, I don't know because I, I am not looking at myself sleep, <laughs> but it just sort of when I wake up and look at the stats, it sort of feels like it's the one that was most accurate. And like, oh, when did I wake up overnight or when did I fall asleep? Okay. Um, that combined with the whole not having to set or do anything with the app, not having to touch a button and it will just record sleep automatically. So um, it it identifies when you fall asleep. It identifies when you wake up. You don't have to start and stop it. Has that ever been mistriggered? Like if, you, if you're just not moving for a while, would it detect that as sleeping? Yeah, occasionally, yeah. So <laughs> okay. if I'm watching TV um, before sleep, uh, before sleeping, sometimes it will think that that is the beginning of my sleep and that me moving upstairs to go to bed was just a waking moment. Uh, and you can correct that. So there's a, a mechanism to just, you know, say, oh, this, this particular chunk of sleep here uh, is actually not a time that I spent asleep or vice versa. If it was wrong and it said you fell asleep three hours after you did, um, then you could change that as well. Uh, but I've never had it be too far off in that sense. Like it's never, you know, missed that I fell asleep by three hours or anything like that. It's usually pretty, pretty good. Um, so when it came out, it was, I think the only one that you didn't have to set anything for since then, a few other of the apps have updated to have that feature. Um, but I, I started using it uh, because of that, but yeah, auto sleep six, does a bunch of cool stuff, uh, adds Siri shortcuts so you can uh, both ask Siri about your sleep and get sort of nice graphs and things like that. It shows up on the the Siri watch face on the Apple watch so you can see um, how much sleep you got last night and it will also on the uh, Siri watch face suggest when you should be going to sleep in order to um, you know still get a, a reasonable night's sleep in based on sort of past history and when you typically wake up on uh, that day of the week and things like that. Um, there's also, if you want to use the data in other shortcuts, you can, uh, it can copy JSON data to your clipboard and then you can do with it as you wish using the shortcuts app. So that's a little bit more technical, but if you're interested in sort of doing things with shortcuts and your sleep data, you can use auto sleep for that. Um, a couple of other things in the update. Um, it's, it's got a nice feature where it sends you a push notification, um, after waking. And you can set a time uh, in the morning. So, mine is set for 10 a.m. So, anytime after 10 a.m., send me a push notification. Let me know how I slept. Previously, the phone had to be unlocked for this feature to work. Now, it doesn't. So, that that push notification comes in at 10 a.m. sharp. That's a really nice uh, update. And it's also added some things like the concept of a sleep bank, which is where it sort of averages your sleep out over the last week and tells you if you're in credit or uh, debt. And... Uh, it's sort of nice to know, you know, like it's sort of nice to visualize that maybe one one poor night doesn't necessarily mean you're uh, screwed for the rest of the day, um, that, you know, you've sort of got some some decent sleep banked up there. Um, whether or not that's a thing, I know that there's really conflicting research on whether it is possible to bank sleep at all, but I don't know, this app seems to uh, visualize it nicely if that's data you're interested in anyway, regardless of, of how you feel about that. And then the final thing I want to mention is, it, this update gives you a readiness score, which is based on your waking heart rate and an HRV um, 
reading, which you can force the Apple Watch to take by doing a breathe session as soon as you wake up. I often don't do that. Sometimes sometimes it has a value there, sometimes it doesn't, but usually I just am happy to use the the waking heart rate value to know the readiness. So it sort of um, it gives you an indication of how you were feeling at the moment that your alarm went off or, or that you woke up. So I think there's a few few nice additions there. Um, some nice UI changes. Support for shortcuts is always a good thing. Um, really happy with the update. It's been it's been pretty solid. So I did want to pick that this week and suggest it that if you have an Apple Watch, you check out Auto Sleep. Nice. Uh, and it helps that it's a Sydney made app. So the developer is uh, he lives in Sydney. He attends Cogaheads. Um, so you know it's always nice to support a, a local developer as well. Hmm. Yeah, I I've used Auto Sleep for I think a few years already. I think I even used it with, um, before the Apple Watch had a battery life. Yeah, I remember that. It, it, wait, did, did he have a... Was the app also... Like, there was an app that you could actually have on your phone and then you put it, like, attach it to your bed somehow? Like, you put it under... No, so what I what I just did is before the Apple Watch had enough battery life to, to last the night as well, um, is that I... Um, there is a mode where you just basically based on your usage of your phone, it kind of gives an estimation of how long you slept. So it is a bit rougher because you don't really get wake-up events and those kind of things unless you also check your phone when you wake up. Um, but I used that a lot uh, a few years ago. I don't remember when it was. Um, so you get at least an idea of when was the last time you used your phone, when was the first time you used your t- phone, and that's kind of roughly the, the sleep time for, for the night. Yeah, I did the same thing for a while when it first came out. Yeah, and I think even that is super useful, at least to me, to kind of have something that is super hands-off, like especially if you don't use... I mean, it's definitely better with a watch, but without a watch, it's super hands-off. It just kind of works every every night, and especially if you're, if you're someone that is uh, using the phone for kind of, I don't know, reading Twitter, Reddit, whatever you read before you go to bed... And then you set an alarm in the morning, so the first thing you touch in the morning is your phone again. It, even that is surprisingly accurate, and it's kind of good, good indication of how much sleep did you get um, throughout the week. So yeah, I, I can definitely uh, uh, second that pick. I, I think it's a good choice. Cool. Who wants to go next? Uh, I can. I can start. Um, so just to keep the always talking about coffee related things alive, I pick this week oh man i'm gonna talk about coffee okay go ahead well uh app called filter i think filter is how i would pronounce it it's spelled f-i-l-t-r-u and it's a really nice um coffee recipe app i guess so you have a whole bunch of um so if you make a lot of kind of uh, coffee at home, not from an automatic machine, but you use something like a French press or a V60 or AeroPress or Chemex, you, uh, people tend to have recipes of how they make their favorite coffee. And Filter is just a nice app of kind of, if you want to just get started, they have a whole bunch of default recipes. But if you then kind of optimize your recipe, it's a really nice way of going in there uh, and kind of tweaking what, what kind of, how you prefer making, making your coffee. And after you selected all the steps that you think are ideal for your personal coffee recipe, it also generates basically a sequence, an automatic sequence, to then time your entire coffee preparation process. So, for example, if you use a V60 and you might um, want to use, I don't know, uh, 14 grams of coffee ground uh, and you want to only fill out 30 grams of water, then let the coffee bloom for uh 
20 seconds and then uh, continue with another uh, 200 uh, milliliter of water and those kind of things. Uh, it will then just uh, automatically show you all those steps in order and kind of just make a noise when it's when it's time for the next step. And they have nice animations for the for adding adding water to to the filter and those kind of things. It's just a really nice app to kind of kind of uh, have as an assistant for 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 making those types of coffees. And I really think it's it's a nice way of doing it. I used to just write my recipes on paper and then they're just laying around everywhere. But I think I will try to transfer all of them to this app now because it makes it a lot nicer. I don't know if they have an, a watch app too. would actually be really nice. Um, I will check that now. Fill through. Also, it's free. I don't really know what their business model is. I think they also work with um, Bluetooth-enabled scales. So if That's so cool. That makes sense. Yeah, so then it just tells you if oh, you're... Oh, now what the Bluetooth enables scale, man. <laughs> I guess their business model is working. Um, yeah, so if you're if you're um, having a scale, I think it automatically tells you whether you're uh, whether you followed your recipe a- accurately and tells you if you're too fast or too slow in the water water adding steps and those kind of things. Um, but otherwise, all the all the kind of recipe functions are free. They also have like guides and and user submitted review uh, recipes. I'm not really using that, but if you're if you're looking for inspiration of how to improve your coffee, you can do that. And another thing that I think is really nice uh, after Zach talking about health, it also lets you optionally um, write all the data into the health app. So if you're drinking coffee and you want to track your coffee in con- uh, consumption, you can just check the checkbox and say you want to sync. Um, the data to health. So then, if you if you brew your fourteen grams of V sixty coffee, it kind of puts an estimation of how much caffeine you would drink from that into uh, into your health uh, data set. So I think that's an a nice feature too if you're interested in tracking those kind of those kind of things as well. That's really cool. And yeah, sounds good. I think it's really nice. The more services that sort of integrate with health and allow you to keep track of of all these things, and even if you're not mm-hmm. using the data right here right now you know there could be a third-party app that comes along in a year or two that makes use of that and it's really nice to have all that data filled in anyway maybe maybe there's information like if you drink a coffee too late with too much caffeine you're not sleeping well and i can tell you look i i found out whenever you drink coffee in the evening your sleep quality is lower yep perfect that you spoke about a coffee app guy because i am gonna say that my pick is a coffee bean actually um so this Cafe. Wow, that is a super hyper local pick. What? Not really. I mean, the the beans are beans in general. Um, so what I'm picking? <laughs> I, I, that sounds deep. I know, so deep. Um, no, this is a specific type of bean called geisha. So it's uh, the one I'm having is a Guatemala geisha bean, and I got this as an early Christmas present from Kai, and I really love it. I had geisha beans before. I was not as good at making Aeropress coffee back then, so it wasn't as. I never managed to get as good of a cup as I've been able to get this time around. So. Um, just to have a broader explanation of what geisha is, it's basically a very speci- like it's a specific coffee bean that tend to be um, a lot more. Um, I guess it's not as bitter as many other beans. It has a very fruity flavor, and some people call it like tea-like flavors, and that also depends a little bit on how you prepare it. But you can almost get like a bit of a chocolatey, like a chocolate 
like a cocoa bean flavor out of it. And it's actually like, it's, it's a really good bean. I think even people who might not necessarily like coffee would really enjoy having a geisha, a coffee made of geisha beans. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what's specific with those beans. And I really love them. Um, the ones I have are from Guatemala, but I think they grow in different places too. So I think, let me just check just to make sure. I mean, it's basically uh, depending on altitude, right? So you also have Ethiopian uh, geisha. Yeah, I think originally they came from Ethiopia, but then they have been picked up at other places too. So Guatemala is one of them. And I think uh, Panama is also quite popular to have to grow geisha in. And apparently, according to a website I found, uh, it's supposed to be a better flavor the higher up in altitude it grows. So I think that's why you tend to have countries where they have high altitudes that uh, grow the best Guatemala, that are growing the best geisha beans. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. And the one that I got is from a specific coffee place close to our, close to where we live. Uh, as I said, you can get this ever, like at other places too, but mostly like specialty shops because it's actually quite a pricey bean. So we got 100 grams for $30, I think. So. If you buy this at a coffee shop, if they make it as a drip coffee, no, sorry, as a V60 or an AeroPress, they tend to charge like between fourteen and twenty dollars for it for one cup. So it can be quite pricey, uh, and it's quite dangerous if you start drinking this because you will realize that it tastes really good and it's gonna get expensive if this is the only thing you're gonna drink. But as a special treat, I really like to have it. Um, and yeah. I just wanted to point it out. And the one I have it was specifically made for this cafe's uh, one year anniversary. So that's why they started making these special roasts because they do have other roasts. They, they roast a lot of beans. Uh, they don't usually roast geisha because, as I said, it's quite hard to, it's quite expensive, quite hard to get a hold of good ones. So um, this cafe has also, like, they do their own, they roast their own beans and they actually got the fifth, got the fifth place in the, in a Vancouver, uh, coffee snob rating it's a it's a website that rates all the local cafes and this one got the fifth place as an overall roastery and they always roast really light and that's really that's makes this geisha bean really good cool if you want to try this sack or anyone else who is in sydney i think ah i forgot the name there's this cafe in newtown that make this coffee beans what is it called? Of Refor- course, Reformat- a cafe in newtown <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's reformatory coffee lab potentially okay they have a lot of different beans, but they tend to have some geisha beans, and they're really good. Okay. Kai's just double-checking. We yeah. could talk a lot about uh, different growing regions of beans. Yeah. He Fun can... fact, do you know why uh, beans are more fruity when they're growing higher up? And more different asking, flavor? I, I think I know the question, but should Zach answer first? I don't know the answer. Okay, I think it's because more fruit trees are growing in high altitudes. Nope. I mean, maybe, but not not the main reason. You know, like, if, my favorite way of oh, explaining wait, no, it no, is... No, question. wait, is your question why you get more sweet beans from a higher altitude region or why more, why you have many many coffee beans growing in high altitude regions? No, no. What's you, your question here? So if you have the same type of bean and you have them at two levels of altitude, the higher altitude beans would, of the same kind, everything else being the same, the higher altitude beans would usually have... Um, more outstanding and sweeter flavors as a tendency. Okay, I think I know the answer. 
But you can you can go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite way of explaining that is if you think about if you as a human would exercise at higher altitudes. Um, higher altitudes usually mean you have uh, less. Um, uh, what is it called? What do we breathe? Oxygen. Oxygen. That's the word. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. So if you are at higher altitudes, uh, there's usually less oxygen. So for you to um, if you exercise, you're usually getting uh, quicker results because you, your body is actually working harder for each step you're doing. Just to to continuously feed your body with oxygen, you have to breathe more and you have to work harder. So when you're at a higher altitude, uh, the same thing happens for coffee beans. So if, in order for, for um, the plant to support the growth of the beans, they actually have to work harder to... Um, to get um, more the oxygen to, to support the growth. Therefore, the lactic acids that are uh, being generated as part of the, uh, the harder work, because that's what happens still, uh, the lactic acids are being produced and they kind of go more into the bean and then they uh, kind of create those more interesting flavors because you have those kind of uh, lactic acids that kind of go into the bean does that make sense yeah i guess so anyway so those lactic acids uh make the tend to make the bean more interesting fruity and and creamy and the higher the altitude the more more the plant has to work and therefore there are more lactic acids yeah and that's why they go grow the geisha bean on a higher altitude and that's why it it has the sweet flavor and the more tea-like flavor Mm. it's great and uh Again, we there's always whenever you talk about anything, there are probably people that know a lot more about growing beans, and they will probably probably uh, cringe about our half knowledge of beans. But that's just as we talked earlier. Sometimes you have to prioritize things, and this is how far of knowledge into coffee bean growing we've gotten by prioritizing everything else in our lives. Deal with it. <laughs> Happy New Year. (laughs) New Year by the time this comes out. Yeah. Go ahead and drink more coffee and don't have routines. Just change your life accordingly. (laughs) Yeah. Do whatever you feel like doing when you wake up. (laughs) Great advice. In in whatever order you think is appropriate for the day at hand. As long as it starts with coffee. Or ends with coffee. That's usually not a good idea. Well, we're we're not a good idea podcast. Was there anything else I want to talk about? Oh, I did have a follow-up item. <laughs> I, finally, follow up. I finally realized what I wanted to talk about. You know how I said in before we started recording, Zach, that I had something I wanted to talk about that yes. I forgot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last week we spoke about our home screens and how they look, and I was embarrassed to yes. share this because I felt like it's a very outdated representation of the apps I'm using. I changed this right after we spoke. I didn't change that much. I realized... Many of the apps I do still use, actually. So I didn't change that much of which apps I have, but I changed the order completely. So it makes so much more sense okay. now. Like the way I laid my apps out are a lot more adjusted to an iPhone XS or an iPhone 10 because I actually have the apps that I use the most in a lower level or a more like reachable level for my thumb. Your thumb goes from here to here and your phone goes another 10 centimeters over that. <laughs> Look, I know that was just an ad, but honestly, that's the most true ad that Apple have ever put out. I know, and I know. It's really sad to have seen them go back on that. Those yeah. were the glory days. Anyway. They w- absolutely were. That was that was the good fight. They should have they should have kept that up. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, because of that and because my phone is too big for my hand, I started moving. I changed the priority of my apps to be like more in the apps I use more are more centered on the screen. And I think it makes sense now. It's just really hard because I have been used to the apps being on a specific lo- location for a really long time. So it takes me some time to get used to, but this makes so much more sense. So I'm happy that we spoke about this. And I also changed the background picture. So a huge, huge improvement. Cool. Sounds like that was a productive change then. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Still takes some time to get used to, but it looks yeah, much nicer. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was it. Um, happy uh, New Year, everyone. I just abandoned Springboard and I use uh, Search for everything. You do you. Uh, we have 1.90 gigabytes of data left this month and our home internet. Oh, I was like, w- what are we talking about? This is... Huh. I need to buy some more. <laughs> this is the second most Australian thing I've heard this month.